This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to SignalsMedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really? Coming up on episode 130, honoring a voice that is so many voices, an alternative Obi-Wan path, and tell me about the hash bars. Nah, Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. This is I Remembered It Better, a podcast experiment in geek nostalgia. Come on, bark like a dog for me. Ooh, I done a bad thing. We're on a mission from God. This is my boomstick. Kiss my congress. This was extraordinarily bad. I got a bad feeling about this. Now, here are your hosts. Oh, no. Not again. Welcome to I Remembered It Better, the show that takes a look back and asks, was it as good as we thought it was? Coming from Dayton, Ohio, where there's more music in the house than ever before, I'm Cliff Addicts, also known as Reverend Geek, and I'm joined in tonight's analytical look back. Goodbye from Atlanta, Georgia, where his shower looks like a scene from Dexter, Ryan Allgood. Hey, what's going on, Cliff? Um, are all the animals and family members accounted for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it just looks like it's and not like the cool like, okay. softball porn scene next to uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, But I've, uh, like we were talking earlier, uh, for a while now, I've been like razor, like uh, clippers, shaving my head with clippers. Um, and, you know, a few, few months ago, I went to just straight razoring, big bald. Um, and tonight, that just that that one got away from me like really Ow. fast. Like, I was just, got home from the gym, catching a shower. It was time to time to touch up, and um, that's I don't know what I don't know if like there's just not a huge concentration of nerves in your scalp or whatever, but like uh, I just I sliced and diced my head and didn't feel a thing until I went to run my hand across it looking for rough <laughs> oh. spots. And oh. that, first of all, that stung like a like a mother. And then when I when it when it did, I jerked my hand away and literally slung like like water diluted blood all over the shower curtain. Do you still oh. have both ears? I still got both ears. Uh, I mean, this one's this one's touch and go. This one's hanging on by literally a thread. Um, <laughs> but right now, the headphones are kind of keeping everything in, and I'm just hoping like it just kind of seals back up uh, nicely. And but, now I, uh, I see you going to work tomorrow, bandaged up like the mummy or something. This is going to be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, casual Friday, just like, hey guys. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah. So that's 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 been nuts. But uh, I mean, it's definitely uh, it, it's a hairstyle I'm down with. It's just a lot to to keep up with. Like, I mean, every couple of days, uh, you know, I'm I'm having to 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 reshave and stuff, and uh, um, I've got fairly sensitive skin as it is, so invested in uh, quite a quite a few like skincare products to uh to to keep to keep the baby smooth so, moisturizing is important yeah i mean moisturizing i mean there's some like amazing like post-shape balms that like for i i feel like a sucker for years just like dealing with razor rash and like and and the pain of that when they're they're i mean literally just over-the-counter lotions that are instant instant relief and you're just like what what alchemy is this like <laughs> it's science you <laughs> like oh okay oh science science is cool so um so yeah so that, that's good stuff but 
like you know my my head dries out real bad so like i mean i even have a, a bottle of, of lotion at work like so i'll come to my office and i'm just like lotioning up my head <laughs> like hey what's up have a seat i'll be with you in a second um, like no that's that's cool you just call me when you're done with whatever this is i feel like you should be trapped in a well when you're doing that um yeah i'll get the hose again man because i like baby soft skin uh, oh. Did you did you see where they actually someone has actually produced a Buffalo Bills skin lotion? Oh man. And it actually has on the side instructions. One, put, put the lotion, lotion the... on its skin. <laughs> but two, put it in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, step two, it does this whenever it's told. <laughs> step three, put the lotion in the basket. Oh god, that's funny. That's funny. So yeah, so uh, I mean so then I had to I had to clean out the shower, so my wife would be like, um, am I consorting with a known felon? Like, uh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so I gotta take, I gotta take these trash bags out to the harbor. I'll be back later. <laughs> uh, it's garbage Where's the wood night. chipper, honey? Where's the wood chipper? It's garbage Ooh. night here at the marina. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh. So the house is alive with the sound of music there, Chris? It is. Uh, this was this past weekend was a very crazy weekend uh, in my life. Um, my parents had to we had to speed up a process. We my grandfather passed away just a little over a year ago, and we just uh, got a buyer for the house for his house. So we're getting the last of the stuff out of it. Um, so I rented a U-Haul, drove from Dayton to Kentucky to load up the last of the stuff that uh, that my parents couldn't haul in their car and also any of the stuff that I wanted. So like some of the tools he had, some of the that type of thing, a lawnmower, things that were, you know, useful working things. Most of the suspenders. Most of what no, no, I didn't I, now he had he did have I think he had a pair of suspenders or two, but you know, I, I'm I'm a different size. <laughs> uh so uh but uh but aside of that, oh man, he had some stuff that I wish fit me. He had this cool, it was like my great grandfather's Stetson fedora. Oh. It was, man, it was hot. Uh, but, and it was like authentic old school Stetson fedora. But there is no way it was going on my noggin. I mean, apparently my great grandfather had a little <laughs> pin of a head, uh, that, uh, that thing rested on. But, so I got the tools, I got all that. Then we headed to my parents' house and dropped off the stuff. But I was finally taking back with me, the piano that belonged to my grandmother uh, on my mother's side. Actually, she technically she was my step-grandmother, but she was the only grandmother I ever knew. She had willed that piano to my sister, but my sister never played it. And for my wedding, she willed it back to me, but I never had a place to put it, so it sat in my parents' house. So we moved that piano back here. Oh, if that's a lot have, of work. If you have never moved a piano... You're a I smart person. I suggest you keep never moving a piano. <laughs> yeah, we had a very similar story involving my wife's grandmother and a piano that has now mm. uh, made the trip from North Carolina to West Virginia. Did you pay some people to move it for you? Uh, if my brother counts, he helped. Okay, okay, yeah. We, I, can, we, I can tell you having like professionally looked into options to have that done, it's not cheap, yeah. and it's not cheap for a reason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so, I mean, this was this was just the, the, the U-Haul rental, um, and then we got it out of my parents' house. We basically backed the U-Haul up to where we positioned the ramp to lead all the way up to their front door. So, and then we got furniture moving, uh, dollies and had a friend of, of the family who had moved furniture professionally to help, and we all kind of muscled it out. Then I brought it back here, 
and got one of the dads from the church and a bunch of the youth to help me get it off. Let me tell you, uh, having a huge piano rolling down a ramp with like youth group members around you helping steady it. I'm like, oh, please, just don't let it tip. Just don't let it tip. Just don't let it tip. Uh, I'm saying to these children, okay, if this thing starts to go, you're more important to me than the piano. You get out of the way. This thing going over. But we finally muscled it in. We finally Except got it. Are we talking, you're not are we so talking like, are we talking like the 14 year old youth group or like the eight year old youth group here? No, four to, 14, 14 to 17. Okay, that's much help. better. And a lot of them. Uh, but, uh, it all, it all worked out okay. Got it inside. Also had an old, uh, organ, uh, like old 50s style, like little mini organ that my, my, my grandparents had that I've got that here too. So I've got all these like little, little keyboardy type things. And, you know, my daughter's, she, she's so proud. She's figured out where middle C is on the piano and she can show you, this is middle C, this is middle C. And she's trying to learn scales and, uh, so yeah, and my wife actually got out one of the old instruction books and she's trying to remind herself how to play. So everybody's kind of having some fun with having a piano in the house and it's really, really very cool. So I'm very, very stoked for uh, what happens with that. And joining us in the third chair from Huntington, West Virginia, where he's worried that his children are going to start pulling elaborate pranks on him. It's Bruce Leslie. Hey, yes, uh, we, the kids have discovered a show. I think it's on Disney XD, uh, but it's called Go Prank Yourself. And it's these really elaborate <laughs> pranks uh, that the kids are pulling on various adults, like a hidden camera kind of thing. And it, I'll admit it's kind of fun to watch, but my kids seem to like it just a little too much. So I'm kind of worried about what they might have up their sleeve for me. Uh, have you guys ever even heard of this Walk the Prank or seen any no. ads for it? No. You know, uh, I've seen a couple of episodes where they had uh, a few good ones on there. There was uh, one where a babysitter was called to, to babysit a couple of kids and one of them wanted her to read him uh, a bedtime story that was a scary story about the pig man under the bed, or it lived under the bed, I think was the name of the book. <laughs> and, it would, you know, it opened up, and on the first page, it's a babysitter sitting on a bed, just like she's sitting next to this kid, and she kind of comments, whoa, this is kind of spooky, don't know if I want to read this. And then, you know, it says something like the car alarm went off outside, and they cue the car alarm to go off, and she kind of notices that. And then uh, it says uh, the pig man scratched on the window, and they have like a prop tree limb start banging on the window so she gets a a little creeped out by that and then as the story goes on eventually another kid who has this really gruesome looking like pig head makeup on and he's wearing like a black costume jumps out from under the bed and just scares uh, the babysitter pretty badly and my kids thought that was really good so I'm kind of worried you know they need to start slow with like saran wrap on the toilet or something before they work (laughs) the pig man under the bed Uh, it's kind of a fun little show I have fairly little tolerance for those kinds of pranks. Like I, I'll punch a <laughs> right in the mouth. Like, I I can verify this. <laughs> no, all, all Cliff did was make bat noises. All he did was no, we no. At the bat, I flipped your ear and made bat <laughs> yes, noises. And no. I punched you. What did I you do with this last one that I was coming? I came after you hard for. Oh, um, when we were at uh, the entertainment junction, mm-hmm. there was that one like place where like all of the. Uh, the black space was crushing in on you. Yeah. You had to kind of, you tried to fight it with, and I was waiting to where you just popped out and jumped out at you and then began to run, run from you. Yeah. Frantically. Yeah. <laughs> now I'll never hit my kids if they play a trick like that, but they may look forward to a Christmas with nothing but like dental floss and toothbrushes or something. <laughs> 
there was another one that was pretty cool too. Uh, this kid is just in this department store talking to a mannequin. Like, I want to leave. I want to go home. And, you know, this other lady sees him and walks up to him and says, I, I think you're confused. That's not your mom. Look, this is a mannequin. And he said, no, that's my mom. Go away. So she goes away for a minute. Quickly, they have an actress that looks just like the mannequin come up and the kid keeps talking to her again. And this lady comes up and says, look, I've already told you that's not your mom. You need to be quiet. And then all of a sudden the, the, what she thinks is a mannequin says, don't you ever talk to my son that way? The lady jumps up. Ugh. It was priceless, but. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. That's, uh, but my kids are, I, are getting inspiration. So I don't know what I'm going to have to expect now. now. I keep seeing like you know, the whole pranking, you know, craze is taking off uh having a whole new life on youtube like everyone's doing pranks and they're escalating and a lot of highly. them aren't pranks they're just people being jerks on youtube and filming it oh you yeah know? i like oh, yeah. the more yeah, clever like... prank but i mean the, like there's the ones like where the people set up the trojan bikes to be stolen and it's got a chain so the person goes flying off of it like ah, oh, look at the thief so funny i saw one the other day a fake iphone that people picked up to start to steal and then it was electrified and so like they drop it and everything Jeez. i'm like and I'm like, somebody going to get shot. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, no, that's, that's we keep escalating. It's going to end with like, somebody's like, ha, I stole his backpack. Like, ah, joke's on you. It's a dirty bomb. And then, you know, and it goes off. And you're just like, yeah. that's, that's not, that's well, not. Well, I, I did see uh, going across the Facebook uh uh, timeline there, whatever you want to call it. I don't search these videos out, but there was a similar prank where a guy would walk up to a group of people, just throw his empty backpack and run off very quickly. Oh, and yes. watch people scatter. So people went and he in that just direction. happened to be, just happened to be an Arabic appearing. Yeah. Attire. I didn't want yes. to go too, uh, into too much detail there because it's a wow. little poor taste, but yeah, that's it's, already yeah, being very done. poor taste. And unfortunately, yeah. a lot of those prank videos are basically coming down to i'll just walk up to somebody who's not expecting it and yell in their face and laugh while somebody films it you know well remember that they had the guy that did that was doing right after the whole bath salts thing was happening in florida and oh, he yeah. he pretended like he was a zombie and was chasing oh, people yeah, i didn't see that but, shot while he was in the but hood, there is dude. a scene where they went back and looked and one of the guys pulled out a gun and was getting ready to like like debating whether or not to pop a few rounds into oh him. my goodness and it's just like it's just like yeah you might want to think yeah, about he this, broke character you know? really fast when that happened yeah it's like whoa whoa yeah. whoa, 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 whoa i'll stick to uh whoopee cushions for now yeah keep it simple uh, keep it sim or not good old or not whoopee knock cushions fake dog poo yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh we had um these little energy bars that were the right color and consistency that they could be squished into a little cigar oh, shape my and look like dog poo and you know Baby Jacob Ruth? is our dog. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a similar idea, but uh Jacob our dog uh has accidents in the house more than uh we would like him to. And one time with the kids I said, "Look, Jacob just just pooped in the floor and I kind of picked up one of these bars that I'd crushed and started taking a bite off of oh. it." The look on their face was priceless. Uh, See that that's gonna be the prank though. Like you're gonna think you're pulling that prank, and, <laughs> and it's gonna, gonna be Jacob poop. Pre-switched it out, and you're gonna be like, "Hey, yeah. look, he pooped," and thinking you're eating a candy bar, and you're gonna get like a big old mouthful of dog feces. And it's, jokes oh, on it's you, poopception. sir. Oh, poop serves me right. Serves me mm -hmm. right. Some inception. Well. As much as it would be nice to continue to talk about eating poop, geeks, fanboys, and fangirls, calls what you want, we all have the things we love and obsess over. We hold a special place for the things of our childhood. Webster's Dictionary defines nostalgia as a wistful or excessively sentimental yearning for return to or of some past period or irrecoverable condition. 
So how many of the things that we have geeked out to in the past and may still to this day are really as awesome as we remember? And how many of them have we overhiked in our memory to the point that a second look will have us saying, why did we like this? So what gee goodness have you been into the past few weeks? Right? Fallout. Fallout. I've been playing Fallout. <laughs> uh, no, I, I have been. I've been playing a lot of Fallout. Like I, I played my way through the main, the main quest once, uh, doing the kind of generic Minuteman uh, ending, and now... Uh, with the help of the super cool cool guys over at Fudge Muppet on YouTube, uh, I'm trying out some of their builds. Which those those guys have really done their homework and and really made like building a char- character into a science. Uh, just you know, if if you're playing one of the games that they cover and uh, you're maybe not sure like how you want to go about building character, like check out their videos because they they've come up with some amazing concepts. They give you some backstory. Uh, they tell you, um, you know, what starting stats to, to start a character with, like what perks to get at what levels, um, equipment, and, uh, you know, they even suggest, you know, uh, some playthrough options, uh, for you. And I'm, I'm doing their, their assassin build. And it's, I mean, those, those guys have really figured that thing out. It's a lot of fun. And it's a good way to experience the game, um, or parts of the game that I may, not have really thought to do or perks that I didn't maybe understand how they worked or how helpful they would be, uh, but in combination with other things, uh, are, are really helpful. So they, they, they've taken a lot of the guesswork out of it and now I can just kind of follow their formula and have some fun with it. And then once I have a feel for how all these, all the different perks work, you know, I can then go back and do some of my own builds, but, um, playing a lot of, of Fallout 4, that, that game's just, just fantastic and, uh, you know, Bethesda keeps dropping new DLC for it, um, so that's that's super cool. Um, I I think you'll remember I talked about like uh, you know I was bummed because my library didn't have a comic book section. Uh, not true. Not true. <laughs> oh, my library does have a comic book section. It's just like hidden over in this like uh, secret part of the library that I didn't know. <laughs> we don't want to admit this is here section. Yeah, that led, leads down to the tombs. That uh, helps me find the Holy Grail. Um, so, Please you know, tell so, me you have to pull a hidden book down on the shelf and the door just kind of slides open from the wall. No, I wish. I think that'd be awesome. What you have to do is you have to go up to the upper balcony of the library, look down, and realize the tiles form an X. And as the librarian is stamping books, you have to use one of those big metal <laughs> things and just smash a hole in the library floor Bang! that nobody's going to say shit about. And then take the secret Nazi woman down there with you. And there's just like a stack of comic books. Um, See what 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 what's alarming to me is that there is a readily uh, a, a a large number of readily available Nazi women for everyone to do this <laughs> in Georgia. Uh, but if we're truly following your method, yeah, I mean, well, it's too. It's it's not like we have a ton of Nazi women down here. Like you, everybody uses the same Nazi woman. Oh, okay. All you have to okay. do is say, "Hey, Ilsa," and she'll show hey, up. Hey, Ilsa, yeah. And, I was the next man, Dad. <laughs> but and if you get it wrong, you're like, "Hey, what was it? Was it Elsa?" And then she, and then that song starts playing, and then it gets stuck in your head, and it's all "Let it go, let it go." Um, oh man, yeah, that's a, that's a Frozen reference, guys. Um, but no, so uh, I picked up some comic books. Um, uh, my my friend, before I found that, my friend had loaned me like a whole bunch of New Fifty Two Batman stuff, which is uh, just amazing. So yeah, Scott I, Snyder, I man, through, great stuff, great stuff. Yeah, man, I read through the Court of Owls stuff, uh, the uh, Death of the Family, 
um, some of the the Batman and Robin with Damian Wayne, um, the Bat, a couple of the Batman Detective volumes, just really really good stuff. Um, and actually actually gave me some some good ideas for some cosplay I want to do at Dragon Con. Cool. Um, how do you but, feel about uh, Damien? Some people like Damien, some people I think, don't. I think, yeah, I think Damien, Damien is like, you know what? He's pretty much the DC Punisher. Uh, I think he's, he's awesome. Yeah, I think he's fantastic. I think he's, and he's you know if you, shit done and uh, you know I, I think if Damien had been in charge, like I don't think Jason Todd would have come back with nearly as much problem uh, with <laughs> yeah. Batman as he did. Um, and, uh, you know, if you really like that character, it sounds like you do, you need to mm. check out some of Grant Morrison's Batman Incorporated. I'm mm-hmm. sure they have some of that. Uh, the New 52 had about eight issues that kind of lead up to the death of Damien. But don't That's worry, actually, he doesn't stay yeah, dead. Yeah, the the three the three books I picked up uh, on my first pass into this fantastic treasure trove of, of nerdery in my library uh, was uh, volume one of New 52's Batman Incorporated. Perfect, perfect. Uh, very cool, very cool book. Um, I read uh, volume one of uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Starfire, Red Hood, Starfire, and Arsenal. Um, some really cool, cool stuff in there. Um, and uh, I've got Daredevil, a Daredevil book to, to read through. Hopefully so, that was Mark Wade Daredevil. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It's Mark. In fact, it's sitting right here. Uh, I can't confirm nor deny that I was reading a little bit while you guys were talking amongst yourselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's okay. I was reading Micronauts before the show started while uh, we were doing our pre-show stuff. Okay, cool, cool. But yeah, no, it's. Uh, let's see what 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 do we have here? Uh, it's just here comes Daredevil, the man without fear, Mark Wade. Um, good stuff. Uh, I, I and I like Daredevil. I think um, I, I always I, I always kind of dug Daredevil, and then with Netflix, uh, you know, bringing him back to the screen and making him awesome, um, you know, I, even, even more so. Yeah, uh, and, so, and you know, along those lines, you know, part of my geeky goodness, uh, I'm pacing myself through season two of Daredevil because it's awesome, and uh, and having a good time with that. Um, I what's his name as Punisher? I think is John Barenthal. Yeah, just fantastic. Just he's a fantastic Punisher. Yeah, he's that, definitely the runaway cool. star on season two, I think. Yeah, that I mean that's that stuff's great. So um, and uh, just kind of getting excited for uh, Civil War coming up. Uh, that's going to be great. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think I think that's about it for me, Bruce. <laughs> well, uh, we went to the to the beach uh, about a week and a half ago. My daughter had a, a competition down there with her cheerleading team, and uh, it was sort of their last competition of the year. They like to take a trip. So we went to Myrtle Beach, and uh, Cliff, I, I'm pretty sure you remember the magic shop at Barefoot Landing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, oh, yeah. my daughter is uh, she's 10 years old and really starting to enjoy magic over the past year. She did a magic show for the talent show last year cool. and really enjoyed that. So we went in to check out maybe a little more premium, a little more expensive magic tricks, if you will, and picked up a couple. And to be honest, I think I have as much fun with them as uh, she does. We got the, oh, cool. the scotch and soda coin trick. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Okay. One, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. one is a lot of fun for her because it just blows her brother's mind. And uh, it's one that I can actually do as clumsy as I am. So I kind of like that one. 
and uh, we picked up a, a Houdini ring thing, you know, where you put the the ring on the string and you can pull it off and put it back on and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, a couple of other little gimmick tricks that were a little bit easier, all about the the prop that, more than that's, manual dexterity. I, but but still, I'm really glad to see you know showing her the uh, the classics. Oh, you yeah. know, it's important to learn the classic tricks. I, I I know a lot of people jump right to the I want the Dave the David Blaine thing that'll make the coin disappear off my arm. It's it's fifty sixty bucks. At least it used to be a while back. Yeah, you know, and it's it's the flashy thing, but it's only one illusion as opposed to here's a trick that it's a classic, but it will teach you a number of the basics yeah. that you'll be able to take to another trick later. Yeah, we've probably I really like we've that. probably her and I come up with ten to fifteen different uh, ways to gimmick the scotch and soda coin trick to to do it different ways and had fun with it. And uh, uh, while we were down there, we also watched The Jungle Book on this enormous screen that they have okay. uh, down there at Myrtle Beach, too. So that was kind of cool. We all liked it. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet or not, but it was uh, it was pretty good, man. John Favreau did a good job. They put a few of the songs in there that you wanted, but it wasn't just a, a complete remake of the animated special. But once we got back home, we had to pop in the Disney DVD and watch it a couple times, too, just to fire up the nostalgia because we enjoyed the movie so much but i think the big geeky goodness that i've been into this week cliff is something you've probably been into a little bit as well but hearthstone has released a new expansion and they've changed Mm -hmm. a bunch of rules changed a bunch of cards so uh i've been spending more time than usual with uh, hearthstone trying to figure out this whispers of the old gods and the new standard format versus wild format and uh kind of making my way through there, uh, wondering where the time has gone sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's been playing it a bit more than me. Hearthstone's kind of become more her game, whereas Heroes of the Storm's kind of become mine. I play it some, and I played enough to start getting the uh, getting myself the new cards, that the, the free packs they had. But yeah, it is kind of crazy how they've changed up you know, some of the old cards, and especially the difference between standard and wild those cards that so many people relied on to win them games are now rotating out yeah none of my existing decks work in standard now so i had to (laughs) i've only built two uh new decks that work in standard with the uh whispers of the old gods and uh you know i kind of told you before we were recording they're a lot of fun but they're not necessarily big winners uh but i built a, a druid where i can just cthune blast somebody if i make it to uh round 10 and actually have Cthulhu in my hand, which are two mm-hmm. things that don't always happen. Uh, so it's fun. I, I, I've even had a couple times though where I've Cthulhu blasted people for about 25 points of damage and still lost the match because you basically give up everything to build up your Cthulhu, uh, with yeah. that deck I have. And then they've got, uh, I think he's, uh, oh gee, he's called like Yogan or Yo Song or something. They've got this 10 man, uh, this 10 mana crystal card for, uh, uh, once you throw it, it casts a spell for every spell you've cast prior to playing that card. And then if you throw that bronze beard in front of it, then it'll cast two spells for every spell you've cast. Wow. But the problem is it casts them at random. So uh, the first time I ever managed to play that card, it killed me. <laughs> you know, I lost by playing the card. But it's just so much fun because the game just shuts down for like seven minutes while spells are just flying around. Very RNG. Yeah, so. very much so. So it's one that you play for the spectacle more than the win. Like, it doesn't matter win or lose. You just want to make it to uh, the point where you can play that card, and you try to see, can I hold it off and throw a few more spells so the show's a little bit bigger and brighter? It's kind of like on the 4th of July when you say, you know what, I'm just going to throw one match into all the fireworks and stand back and watch what happens. That's what it's like when you throw that card. Did you see it was like uh, someone had done 
I, I don't know if it was a, or if it happened organically or if they were intentionally trying to do this, but it was, um, it was a mage versus a warlock. No, no, no. A priest versus a warlock. And they had between mind controlling and between pulling, they managed to both have two knife jugglers and dread steeds. <laughs> and for those who've never played, a dread steed is a character that when it dies, it respawns itself. So they were stuck in an infinite loop, weren't they? Yes, because every time a, a creature is spawned, the knife juggler throws a knife. And the dread steed only has one health. So basically, every time, they were just basically throwing knives back and forth at each other for a good 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, boy. that Until finally something got killed enough that it went away. Yeah, I've but never been stuck um... in a loop like that, but I could see it happening. And I think that the knife jugglers were buffed in health, so it would last a while. <laughs> it just kept going and kept going. It's it's on YouTube. You can. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look for that. But what do you think of the whole Lovecraft theme, the Cthulhu theme on this new expansion, the it's, tentacles it's and ki- everything? It's kind of neat. It's kind of cool because I mean we we know. I mean that the the old gods have always been part of WoW lore. You know, yeah. they pop up once in a while. But uh, yeah, it's cool to see them. You know, do this with a with a direction and uh, very. I gotta say though the deck packs look disgusting when you pop them up <laughs> i love it the eyeball popping gross. oh i like that but, oh yeah but i've got like a hundred new cards now and i've probably only looked at about 20 of them so i've got a long way to go to figure out how to maximize yeah, it but, trying to figure out what goes with what it's, it's all i mean that's some, expansion sometimes it's fun just to sit and open 15 packs in a row though you know Oh, it's like, please let there be a legendary in here, please. Oh, there wasn't again. Oh, and the few legend. Uh, you know, I got so few legendaries out of the first round of uh, packs that I opened, and two of them were the same card, and it wasn't that great of a card. So that's just kind of uh, my luck. Oh, hate when that happens. Hate when that happens. Well, for me, uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember what all I've been into this week. Uh, well, I've been playing Heroes of the Storm, uh, as, as, as always doing, trying to expand my roster of more characters so I'm able to do more things. And, uh, you know, sometimes that means you get into a match and you may not be quite as good as you were on other characters and other people call you a noob and say you're horrible and, you know, uninstall and all that garbage. Um, uh, we've, uh, we're almost done with Jessica Jones. In fact, uh, just before the show started, Emily's like, do we have time to watch the last episode? And I'm like, well, we could start it. She's like, that would be even worse. No. So we didn't do that. <laughs> Are you enjoying that. it, man? Cause I loved that. Oh show. yeah. Oh yeah. It was really good. But I mean, and not to be a, sp- not, there's no spoiler to say this. I'm like, how many times, you know, like, like I keep like screaming don't do that you know yes and that's a bad idea don't try that don't do that and i know my wife would love that show so much and i cannot get her to watch it uh is it because it's is it because it's a thriller is it because it's a a comic book thing and she's just like i'm not into that i I think maybe a little bit of that and uh some of it is just (coughs) she's busy you know she's busy now if it was orange is the new black she wouldn't be busy but for Jessica yeah. Jones, she's busy, so eventually yeah. I'll uh, I'll sneak it in on her, and I think once she watches the first episode, she'll be hooked. But that that show's got to be so so appealing to kind of more strong willed, you know, outgoing women. It's just the yeah. the superhero we've needed for a long time. Yeah, I'm I'm really I mean I don't know if there actually is that much crossover, but I want to finish this so I can watch Daredevil two, which she's already expressed that she has no interest in watching Daredevil two, so I'll be watching that on my own. <laughs> but uh, I want to get this finished before I do that. 
Um, been watching. I got a new uh, mobile app, mobile game on my phone. I was listening to an interview with Patrick Stewart where they were promoting Star Trek Timelines. Uh, it's a little, you know, a little free to play mobile game that you know uses uh, Star Trek characters. They've created this little crossover anomaly thing where they're from all along the timeline. So it's characters from all of the all of the eras of Star Trek, ships from all across the eras of Star Trek. It, it's kind of a cool little fun collectible game, and you have little puzzles you got to work your way across. Um, but it may got me got got kind of got a Star Trek itch going in me. So at night before I've been going to bed, I started watching. Rewatching Star Trek's The Next Generation episodes. Uh, Plenty of those to watch too. There's a lot of them to watch. Get you some good Riker maneuvers in there. Well, I haven't gotten that far, uh, (laughs) to, to have the really good step over the chair situation. But, uh, I, it really, you know, I'm remind, it reminds you of how much a TV show that you love in those first few episodes, it's kind of finding its way. Yeah. You know, and you're like, whoa. The effects were not quite on point yet. Oh, Worf's makeup is not quite on point yet. <laughs> when is Bart Riker going to grow that beard? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I hate clean-shaven Riker. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not the same. You need the beard. You really he do looks need like the he's beard. about 13. I mean, really tall 13. Yeah. <laughs> and who asked you, Wesley? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we've been up to this week. Let's see what's going on in the news. Stand by for news. Look news play. And the big no news of the day is no news. This is Les Nesman saying, may the good news be yours. In the news. Yeah, we'll do it live. Well, Netflix has been bringing all kinds of stuff to us, uh, bringing back uh, lots of different properties and bringing back lots of series and, and uh, giving us lots of great geek stuff. And we have our first trailer look at Voltron. We started just a few weeks ago. We were just talking about the logo and and the stylized, but now we get to actually see uh, glimpses at a forming of and making Voltron. Oh man, I, are you guys on board for this? I am so stoked for this. <laughs> I, I think it's hitting in June. Did I see that? Maybe yeah, June. Yeah, Maybe June. I saw that wrong. But well, I'm so stoked for this because. When I was younger, when I was a kid, I was uh, more about the Voltron toy than the cartoons or the the mythology behind it. I love those lions, even though their legs were uh, broken within a few minutes of playing with them. They had those mm-hmm. frail little legs. Right. But uh, the reason I wasn't into the cartoon so much is the few little channels I got in, in the little town I grew up in didn't happen to have it. But if I would go visit like family out of town or maybe I was on a school trip at the hotel and, and we would see some of those channels I didn't normally get and Voltron was on. I just I could just feel what I was being denied. And now with Netflix I'm not gonna be denied anymore. So I am was so it, excited. Uh, other kids was are USA looking for the, the channel? You're, you're looking for the Voltron. For Voltron. Yeah. <laughs> what was yeah, yeah. other kids were looking for scrambled porn. Yeah. You were looking for the you were looking, you wanted to see the blue lion. Um wasn't it on USA? I was thought USA it was, the channel was on? You know, I really thought it was like a syndication thing where some local channels would pick yeah, it up and it some wouldn't. Been. So, so uh, you know, when I would sometimes when I'd visit my family here closer to where I live now, it would be on the same channel that I had back home, but it wasn't on back home. Remind me, was is this another one where Red Lion is the leader? Is is Red Lion the leader in Voltron or the no, Black Lion? Black Lion, okay. Yeah. I was just making sure because I know, like with Power Rangers, it was all about uh, the Red Ranger. Um, yeah, 
But uh, and I wasn't sure if that was a, a little borrowing or what. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's a whole lot of borrowing from Voltron to Power Rangers. But oh yeah, yeah not yeah. that I much. Just, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if they they went that blatant. Like our red guy's in charge too. But, uh, but the whole concept of a giant robot made out of other things, I'm sure that goes way even further back yeah. in anime and everything oh, else. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. But uh, I, I always ask my uh, family, you know, every year for a couple of years for Voltron for Christmas because I had a couple of friends who had it, and I loved playing with uh, the lions and building Voltron. But they would always manage to get, like, the knockoff Voltron, which I, uh, now I would probably think was more cool if I still had any of that, but it was so much disappointment at the time. I had a similar disappointing issue with uh with transformer i always wanted transformers i always got gobots and I'm yes like, uh, yes gobots man like transformers <laughs> retarded stupid cousin just not the same just not, just the, not same. the same like i'm a motorcycle that turns into kind of a motorcycle that stands up a little bit like shut up and and they Go had by. like these they had these not quite GI Joes that you could get at like the IGA grocery store or the Dollar General store oh my places gosh, like that the IGA wow oh I got a lot of those not quite GI Joes were they like oh, Army man. Reserve GI Joes or what oh I, I think it was like GL Jack or something I can't remember <laughs> dishonorably just discharged Steve all yeah. right oh. Section eight, Steve. Section eight, Franklin. <laughs> oh man, I do remember though. One time, uh, I did manage to get the Shogun Warrior, and this is way back. This is like 1979. Oh, the big robots. Yeah, the Shogun the big Warrior robot. Robots. Uh, I had one yeah. of those. Now the the funny thing is, <laughs> and I'm exposing what a weirdo I was at like five years old, four or five years old. I we asked know. for the. <laughs> I asked for the Donnie and Marie dolls, and my dad got me the Shogun Warrior instead. So that's how that played out. Good move, that's, dad. A, that's a yes. that's a preemptive act. Very good yeah, yeah. move. Right. No son of I, mine. <laughs> I got a, a lo- along the same lines. So this past week, we had to we we we, we Matt, Jonah is now in, moved up a class, and he gets to go outside. Oh, uh, on the playground uh, at uh, at uh, free time. But it was cold, and, and and Emily was dropping him off and needed to give him a sweatshirt. We didn't have any of his sweatshirts in the car, but she found one of Madeline's old sweatshirts, this pink zip-up hoodie. So she puts <laughs> it on him. No big deal. Okay. Put the pink. Uh, when we go to pick, when I go to pick him up, he's not in the pink hoodie. He's in some random camouflage hoodie. I don't know who found it. I don't know who put it on my son, but it felt like somebody was making a conscious decision. Nope, we're not going to have this boy go out wearing pink. We need to push we're going to put him in camouflage. Bit, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Oh, gender roles. We, we uh, had oh, such yes. the opposite problem. My daughter, when she was, <laughs> when she was born, I think she was like four years old before she finally grew hair. So she always had this really, really short hair. Everybody always thought she was a boy anyway. So she was all pink and dresses and like the kind of bows you basically have to staple to her head so they won't mm-hmm. fall off, that kind of thing. So we went overboard the other direction. Activate interlock. Dinotherms connected. Infracells up. Mega thrusters are go. Go, Voltron Force! Well, I have, uh, I've been a part of a lot of different weddings. I've, uh, served as the pastor leading the wedding. I've been, uh, before that, I was a DJ and went to all kinds of weddings and many times. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our couple's first dance. Our first married couple dance. Can you imagine beginning to say, 
And now it's time for the lovely couple's first fight. <laughs> Let's all watch. But that's just what happened. But it wasn't your ordinary type of fight. What was it, Ryan? Uh, it was it was the coolest kind of fight a, I think a couple can have. That was a lightsaber fight. Um, but I gotta say, watching this video, I feel like he was a little more into it than she was. But the fact that she even went out there and did it says she's at least a little into it. She's a little it. into it. I and feel yeah. like he was more into it. And I think he started off by probably suggesting that she walk down the aisle to the Imperial March and he worked it down to this. Like, this wasn't what he opened yeah. with. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 He probably had something much more elaborate. Uh, she, like, she's wearing Stormtrooper armor and he's wearing Darth Vader <laughs> armor. No, no, but I'll let you have this. I tell you what, along uh, those lines, I have every intention of having a Star Wars funeral in which, oh, oh. In, in which I, I want, like, at, at, during a viewing, the viewing or wake or whatever, I want at least four people in robes and lightsabers, like, at all times, standing <laughs> guard over, over my, over oh. my body. And when we walk you out, have the uh, throne room music play. Oh, okay. Okay. Do we have to set the coffin on fire in the church? You better burn that to the ground, son. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I hope somebody checks and make sure you're really dead before they light the fire. Ah, man. As long as the Jedi are there and the music are playing, it's worth it. Totally worth it. Those were his last words. Totally worth it. Ouch. Let let me ask a question to get back to our video here. Was there any, like, thing that you were thinking of or something you know someone wanted in their wedding that they had to walk back because, no, that one one person or the other was just not having it? I, I think somewhere there's like a sports fan who wanted the, uh, Gary Glitter playing with some fog machines. And then when the groomsmen <laughs> and bridesmaid came out, they had, uh, sort of the basketball announcer go, at five, ten, two hundred seventy-five pounds, we have John Helms. You know, something like that. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I ever did something like that for a couple coming in at the reception. Because you, uh, you do announce everybody. Yeah. I'm trying to think if anybody but, ever had me do it goofy like that. I can't remember. I've, I've been part of some goofy receptions, but I'm talking about the ceremony here. Oh, the ceremony. Oh, yeah, that that's different all around. <laughs> that would be different. I did see one where someone wrote up the uh, the uh, the program like it was a playbill and had the cast of characters oh, and talked good. about each person, which was kind of cool, cool. cool to give the, each person's biography as to why they were part of the wedding and everything. I like that. So that was kind of that was kind of cool. But uh can't say I saw too many lightsaber duels in my day, but uh it's a brave new world. That was pretty nice. Gave me plans if we ever renew our vows. Well, normally, you know, I can't say that I go out of my way to watch the daytime Emmys, you know. I don't know that I'm <laughs> Curious. I think people at the caring. daytime Emmys really went out of their way to watch them. Hey, I didn't know That's they televised true. those. I thought that was just like at a Best Western uh, ballroom or something. <laughs> but this year, something a little different. There is a Lifetime Achievement Award uh, this year for the 43rd Annual Daytime uh, Daytime Creative Emmy Awards going to Frank Welker, voice actor, um, who's known for many characters. And uh, wh- which of his characters stands out for you? 
Oh, of all the characters. Uh, for me, it's probably going to be uh, Freddy. You know, from uh, okay. Scooby Doo. That's that's okay. where I first met him, and that's yeah. what I'm going to remember the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching for this me, set definitely jumped out at me. For me, it's Megatron. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that Megatron is the same guy as Freddy really is kind of mind blowing. <laughs> yes. But uh, that's still pretty much my big thing that I think of for him. But just watching that video with the, everything he's done and all the highlights, man, it's just that guy was such a big part of my life, still is a big part of my life. And there was uh, so many animal effects that I would have thought they just yeah. sort of mic'd up real animals and stuff. But he did Cujo, man. That's That was the kind of thing that watching this, it occurred to me that a lot of those, a lot of those effects would probably be done by uh, like mix boards and that kind of thing now. Oh, some, yeah. some of those things, like like Cujo or whatever. Um, well, the thing is that they had to. I mean, it makes sense back then. I never would have thought of it, but if they have to sync up the sound effect with the dog barking and trying to get in the window, mm-hmm. you know, if they're doing if they're doing over effects, yeah, a, a live person would have to do it. You couldn't be like getting the dog to try to train it and get it to bark for exactly. Oh, you need to bark bark for just. This length of time, so it matches up with the mouth, as opposed to someone sitting yeah, there watching think, it. I, I think now it would it would have been like a mix of sounds, and oh I don't yeah. think any of them would have necessarily been human. Oh yeah, like like when when you see Jurassic Park and they have the keyboard where they yes. combine yeah. the lion roar with all the other stuff, and they just push the keys to make it yeah, go. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, back in the day. People like Frank Welker collecting a paycheck for barking like a dog. And, you know, you mentioned a paycheck. That is a man who has never, ever been unemployed. They were showing how oh, much no. he's done and how good he is. Just, yeah. It's so nice to see a, a person, and this is in the day where voice actors uh, got there by being talented, not being famous before they were voice actors, like happens all too often now. And, uh, man, you just got to admire him. He's right up there with Mel Blanc in my book, man. He's one oh. of the greatest. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to see him honored. The th- it's funny how, you know, I asked, like, what what your favorite standout voices are for his. It's funny, when I went to the Google search for for this article, it was like, like, each different web page seemed to have a better, like, best known as. You know, like, like this article is <laughs> best known as the voice of Scooby-Doo and Curious George. Other was best known as the voice of Megatron. Best known as the, like, like everyone had a different idea about what he should be best known as. Like, there was no real consensus. And in a way, they're all right. And I'm, you know? I'm pretty sure he did a lot of work for Super Friends, too, that didn't really make a whole lot of that into the clip. But, man, I loved Super Friends uh, for the, the most of my youth, you know? Well, yeah, all kinds of various, like, you know, robber number two. Yes, I mean, you can yes. tell that. And it was amazing to see how quick on the fly he was to switch voices. Like when they showed the scene of him as Ray and Slimer from the real Ghostbusters, and he's just and, like that. And I love instantly swapping. It's not just voice acting, man. His whole facial expression changes. He uses his whole body to make those voices mm-hmm. and those sounds and. And, you know, maybe he's just so good at acting that he, he's fooling me, but I think this guy loves what he does. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's like, and I mean, I've talked about it before, but, uh, like, if you watch the video clips of, of Mark Hamill doing the Joker voice, he does something similar where he becomes, he's not just doing, sitting there doing the voice. I mean, he becomes that character. I mean, you look at his face and, you know, just the body language and everything. So, um, not being a voice actor, I can only assume that that's got to be a big part of it. Uh, but it's cool to see, though, like the Emmys 
recognizing someone like this and and this huh. this art form, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was the daytime Titans. So. <laughs> it's not like they had a whole lot of put in there. Well, I I did see that I remember last year at the Oscars people were starting to say that they really wish that they would start an Oscar category for animated voice acting because it, you know it is you know that does make yeah. sense they've got an animated movie category so why not yeah right. i mean it's really I mean, as long as it, they're white. It's, yeah go ahead oh, oh my goodness geez. wowzer but i mean it really is an entirely different form of acting and you know it takes it gets us out of the uh you know, it's not their facial expressions that that convey it, and, or, and there or are, the look in their eyes. But I mean, are there a, best animated film categories? Yes. So then, yeah, yeah why not best? Yeah, I agree. And it's sort of a, a similar vein. There are some folks that prognosticate we're going to get sort of a best mocap kind of category for people like Andy Circus. Oh, that would be interesting. But you only have so many motion capture movies a year. Well, but so. we're getting more and more. We are getting more. I think uh, I heard some discussion about that when I was listening to some podcast talk about uh, the Jungle Book and all the mocap that they use there. Mm, okay. No more Optimus Prime. Grant me mercy. I beg of you. Well, uh, two of the great characters uh, of animated uh, television, in my opinion, uh, and you can disagree if you wish, to me are Pinky and the Brain from the Animaniacs show, which is now, now back on, on Netflix. Netflix. Now, on Netflix yes. Yes. now back on Netflix. Yep. Finally. Yep, available. And to Hello, Nurse. Yeah. Yes. And I, I got to tell you, like, that came on, what was it, uh, like, last weekend or something, I think is when it, that started streaming. And we sat down, and it was just before my kids went to bed, and I was like, hey, you guys want to watch a cartoon that your mom and I used to think is great? And the girls were like, eh, nah, that's okay. We've seen the cartoons you guys used to think are great. It kind of sucked. <laughs> Shut up! Is, was that a quote? <laughs> no, not not was that... not exact. Not yet. Not exactly. Okay, yeah. but uh, they're like, ah, they're like, ah, that's okay. We're good. Like you could tell they they didn't trust our judgment, and we're like, well, let me rephrase that. We're gonna watch this because I pay the bills and I'll put you out on the street. So how about them apples? <laughs> so we turned it on and they're like, well, we'll watch a little bit of it, and we start watching Animaniacs and watched the first episode they're like can we watch another i was like yeah i thought so and we just i mean <laughs> and we did we just like you know we uh it was and it was it just it come came right back to me and it was it was just so smart and so fun and i loved it um, yeah it it was definitely required watching in Laidley hall when i was in college mm-hmm. mm. well well the much of the hullabaloo about the fact it's back on netflix is probably why this thing uh, made its way back into the rotation. Uh, this actually was uh, released, you know, uh, almost three years ago from the SF Sketch Fest. But it's an after they had a, a, a panel of Pinky and the Brain, and they're doing the dialogue between uh, uh, Jules and, oh, I'm forgetting the other character's name. Basically, the John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson characters from Pulp Fiction. Yes, Vinny. Vinny, yeah, Vinny and Jules uh, talking about the trip to Amsterdam. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny to hear mice curse. Yes, man, and, and it's 
it just once again, I got to say it about these voice actors. It's uh, you hear them talking in normal conversation during the interview, and then when they go into the character, it's like it's not the same person there. It's like those cartoon characters are there, and it's kind of odd hearing them talk about hash bars. But it does. I remember from the uh, if you've seen the Netflix documentary, I know that voice. Yep. One of the things they talk about is about. Yeah, okay, so you can do Porky Pig saying the, 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 that's all, folks. You know, Lots of people say, hey, I can do that. I can voice act. He's like, no, can you do Porky Pig doing Shakespeare? <laughs> can you, you know, Can you take your character and make it read something that you've never heard it do before and have it make sense like this? You know, can they, can they do this? And, yeah, that's the difference. That's the difference between an imitator and a voice actor. Not to mention, you know, when Mel Blanc or whoever did Porky Pig did it for the first time, they didn't have anything to copy either. I mean, th- this is their own creation a lot of times. Yeah. I also just enjoy the the awkwardness of swearing in front of children. Um, <laughs> oh, they yeah. even asked about that before they started. Are there any kids here? And okay, they, how little and, are we talking? Yeah, yeah. What's and it? then it, and, and and it slipped been, out anyway. I, well, I know, I know Cliff and I have been in that situation where you're in a panel and uh, Carrie Fisher... You know, just just goes on some kind of rant, dropping f bombs, and then realizes there's little children in the room, or mm-hmm. uh, or the the three uh, female villains from from Once Upon a Time. You know, yeah. similar situation. Because the room's dark, you can't see who's in there. You're just talking, and then you hear these these tiny little little girl voices asking you questions during the Q and A, and and they look horrified. Oh. I live, I live for the look on their face. When they realize there are children in the room, uh, or or when I call you and you put me on speakerphone in your car and I drop a word or two, yeah, yeah. Like, everybody uh, say hi to Cliff, Uncle Cliff. You're on speaker. Say hi, <laughs> like, oh, hi, Uncle Cliff. God. Thanks for the vocabulary lesson. <laughs> oh man. Ah uh, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, it breaks down like this. It's it's legal to buy it. It's legal to own it. And if you're the proprietor of a hash bar, it's legal to sell it. It's legal to carry it, which doesn't really matter because get a load of this. If the cops stop you, it's illegal for them to search you. Searching you is a right that the cops in Amsterdam don't have. Ooh, that did it, Brian. I'm freaking going. <laughs> <laughs> That's all there is to it. No. Well, everybody's talking about. Uh, all the preparations for Rogue One. Other people are are, are still dissecting uh, the multiple levels of uh, of imagery in The Force Awakens, trying to figure out what might be in uh, the Episode Eight. But Peter Mayhew just blew our minds with some old school scripting. The uh, we all know that Lucas changed things on the fly. Um, but one of the things that he changed changes everything. Can you imagine a world in which Obi-Wan does not die to Darth Vader in A New Hope? <laughs> it's a world where Alec Guinness gets a lot crankier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I like to imagine he was pretty cranky. At I, I mean, I almost think it was a spiteful thing to bring him back as a ghost. I can just yeah. picture him being like, oh, good, all right, I'm dead. This shit is over. And I'm like, eh, actually, uh... Sir Guinness, uh, you're in the next two movies as a ghost. Like, f***. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think that's, that's pretty amusing. But, um, yeah, no, the original script, he, uh, he blocks Vader's, uh, sweeping attack 
jumps through the door. Uh, Luke helps him helps him up on the Millennium Falcon, and then he later dies of prostate cancer. Oh no! <laughs> no. Um, God! And just oh, George, man. You know, Lucas's way of reminding us all, guys, just get checked. All right, yeah. it's a quick finger up the bum. Just get checked. If you don't have time to go to the doctor, check it yourself. Yeah. Uh, whoa, 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 not, whoa, not whoa, while you're driving. Whoa, whoa. Not while you're driving. <laughs> yeah. All right, maybe while you're driving. Or riding but, the bus. I think it's weird that moment. in a galaxy far, far away, all that technology, ships, hyperspace, they're still sticking a finger up Obi-Wan's butt to check his prostate. <laughs> <laughs> what episode are you watching to find that? <laughs> it was in this uh, recent Rebels. You, you didn't watch the, the Rebels season finale? Where, where they're like, oh my god, it's exam. Obi-Wan. He's like, hey, uh, oh. this is supposed to be a private doctor's room. Can you close that door, please? Yeah, just, <laughs> oh, <God. all> right. <laughs> use, so... use force, Luke, and breathe through your nose. <laughs> so, what, how, how does, how would, how <laughs> do you think it could have been improved by him surviving? Or is him surviving just, does it take away so much if he had? Well, if he survives, how are they going to uh, get Luke to go to Dagobah? You know, I think that's such an important part I, no, of uh, I think Empire. That's pretty easy. I think that's that's as easy as like them sitting there, and Obi Wan goes, "All right, well, this planet's crap because they blew it up. I'm going to take you to the swamp. Let's go." And I don't know. I think I think it's uh, I think it's a different I think it's a different movie. Um, I think it's. It kind of gives a little more uh, like explanation as to you know some of the stuff Luke figured out instead of just like going back to Tatooine and rummaging through Obi Wan's journal and figuring some you know a bunch of things out after Yoda dies or whatever. Like, um, and if uh, George hadn't sold Lucasfilm, maybe there'd be a special edition that shows us how it would have been. Yeah, uh, with a sock puppet uh. involved. <laughs> yeah. Also. We wouldn't have the amazing scene in Blue Harvest, uh, the Family Guy spoof of, of yeah. New Hope, where uh, the old man pedophile sings "Time of Your Life" to Chris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I had the time of my life, and I owe it all to you. I mean, that's a great scene, and that's because yeah. Obi Wan died. New Hope. So. Oh, I haven't seen wow. Blue Harvest in several years. I may have to uh, break out the DVD. <laughs> it's good, um, but no. I mean, I think I guess if you look at like the uh, what is it, the path of the hero, or whatever. Oh, Obi Wan has to die at some point. If he doesn't die on the Death Star, you know, he's 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 got to he's got to buy it somewhere. So um, it's where it makes the most sense. Yeah. It's because I mean, it when would he a, be that exposed again to be killed? Yeah, no, I mean it, it was it was a good edit. So, uh, I mean, my <laughs> Obi Wan ate some bad yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> or they could just have like the Yoda death. You know, at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, he's just lying in his he bed and he get, says, he "Okay, I've decided old. to die." Yeah. All right. Well, well but I, th- I I think that it's good that you have the juxtaposition of the two different ways that each of them died you know yeah yoda who's lived this life this long life who uh, you know peaceful sleep earned it i have and he fades away as opposed to 
you know, Obi-Wan, yes, he gives himself, you know, he, he sacrifices himself more or less, but it's still a violent act that takes him. You know, that's a great point I hadn't thought of, Cliff, because that's kind of like Luke is faced with those two choices. Which path am I going to go down? I, th- I think you're right on that one. Peaceful or violent? I don't know. I like to think that Obi-Wan went pretty peacefully. Well, he was at peace with it happening, but it's a violent act that takes him is what yeah. I'm saying, as opposed to just giving himself. They both give themselves over. but And you know. uh, when Obi-Wan died, he looked more peaceful than the last time we saw Luke Skywalker. No spoilers there. Yeah. I, I just get hung up on little things like, I mean, obviously because of the order things were done and, and the changes that were made, but I mean... <laughs> How old? How old did Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker and Obi Wan get, uh, so that their battle went from what we saw in Revenge of the Sith to that oh, yeah. old man shuffle fight they did on the Death Star? I mean, they yeah. they might as well have been fighting with walkers, like not cool at at walkers, like old man like nursing home like help me <laughs> help me up <laughs> I had off to the think toilet for a walkers. second. Okay, yeah, yeah. um, you know, little stuff like that, like you know, the whole the whole like oh we're gonna. We're gonna split up the twins, and Yoda's just gonna go hide out on the this, this swamp and do absolutely nothing helpful. Uh, I mean, like all that stuff has always bothered me. Like Obi Wan's just gonna hang out and just watch uh, Grumpy Owen raise raise Luke. Like, what a terrible plan for this new hope of Jedi. Um, I mean, you're lucky he didn't get like hit by a speeder in in Mos Eisley. <laughs> I, I don't know, but anyway, anyway, I think. I think it was a good end. Drank some bad blue milk. Yeah. So, uh, well, from what I heard, all all blue milk's pretty bad, but uh, uh, it's just hot condensed milk uh, out in the what Tunisian desert. But uh, no, it's a, a good edit. Made sense. It, it was the right move. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> well, more Star Wars. Uh, we have some photos from the set. That alert us to the fact that in my one of my favorite ships is going to be featured in Star Wars uh, Episode Eight. Uh, the A Wing is returning. Mm. I was always a fan of the the very agile, uh, very fast A Wing. Yep, uh, it was made to dart in, be uh, very acrobatic, and uh, get into tight dogfighting spots and get out. Um, which is the way it's used if you play the uh, X-Wing Miniatures game. Uh, not a whole lot of armor, not a whole lot of blast power, but very agile. Very yeah, if, much if able I to remember, maneuver in ways. it was like really light on the shielding or whatever. Like, it still had shields. Yeah. It wasn't quite TIE Fighter, but uh, it's, uh, yeah. it was just a little lighter than the X-Wing. But its emphasis was on being able to make tight turns, fast moves, and being able to boost and do things to get in and out. Um, and uh, it's it's... It's at least on set. Uh, there's some photography here, pictures of uh, of, uh, of, of of some some ro- some of the royal family visiting the set, <laughs> and the A wing is in the background. I guess the royal family doesn't have to worry about non disclosure <laughs> agreements. Well, no, not when you're filming in their country. That's yeah, true. So I would like to take a picture of this, but uh, oh, yeah, I, I guess. Think- Mom, he won't let me. 
I think it's cool they're uh, throwing a few more ships into the fleet there to to make it a little less monotone than it was before. You know, I like the old variety, especially like the end of uh, Jedi where you just get this ragtag fleet coming in. And, and I like it that they're going to vary it up a little bit, bring back some old favorites with a little bit of a, an update or a new twist. I think it's good, and it was kind of, I mean, I didn't really notice it when I was watching The Force Awakens, but after reading this, I kind of thought, you know what, I probably should have noticed that. Well, no, it's the same thing they did in the in the first trilogy. So they're going to introduce new ships as we go, so they have new toys to sell every Christmas. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly, exactly. And they actually kind of allude to that in the article about saying that uh, they you know they already had a new ship in you know, the way that the X wings were made differently mm-hmm. to get everybody's attention. So yeah, and i i haven't I haven't bought the update for my. Uh, from my X-Wing Miniatures game. They have the ones from the new movie. I haven't picked them up yet. Um, we could be playing some next week with a friend of mine who goes to a conference and he'll bring his fleet and may have to slip out and grab myself at least one or two of the new ones. And I've got to say, that sounds like something that could get real expensive real fast. Oh, it's yes, very expensive, very fast. They have all kinds of new ships I haven't picked up yet just because I just got to gotta keep, keep it in bounds. I can't go crazy. Can't go crazy. <laughs> Well, a few weeks ago, we talked about the upcoming play, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, uh, parts one and two, to be a stage production. And I'd like to say, called it, because one of the things I said was, well, certainly they won't put this play on and not have the script available for purchase. Oh, yeah. And they are doing exactly that. Well, yeah. Now, uh, not, no, like they're not going to do anything Harry Potter and not try and sell you something. Exactly. Now, I exactly. I didn't get to see the article. Is it just the script or is it like a novelization of the story? Right now, well, it's I mean, just the script. But yeah, they're going to be releasing a book, um, a novelization of the story. So, But you can get the script book on July 31st. So nice double dipping. See our previous comments about Star Wars there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Release there the go. script in the book. Yeah. And then the special edition. Right? Yes. Yeah. And then the Lucas edition where there's a sock puppet in it. <laughs> well, my question is, even though they have done everything they can to go about their various careers, will we see an audible radio drama version of this with the original actors? I don't know, man, about the original actors. I yeah. think the audio drama, I'm kind of surprised that uh, BBC Radio hasn't already been doing something like that. But with the original actors, man, that could be tough. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't I, think so. I think everyone's kind of, uh, when I say everyone, I think the original actors are, at least it seems like ready to kind of move on and be known for other things and do other stuff. Um, I think Rupert Grint would do it. <laughs> well, in yeah, one I mean, of the Rupert's got heat though. So yeah, in one of the Rupert. Star Wars radio plays, wasn't it like uh, Anthony Daniels was the only original cast member they could get yeah. or something yeah, odd like that's, that? That's with like a lot of Star Wars stuff, like a lot of the games or whatever. Like you, like you get, oh, that's actually Anthony Daniels doing C three PO. Well, yeah, what else is he gonna do? Like, <laughs> hey, yeah. look, Some... that, the Lando voice is actually Billy D. Williams. Yeah, that's because they're not making any Colt 45 commercials right now. So and, he's got uh, time. S- somebody told me this, and I don't know how accurate it is, but I heard that like his headshot in Hollywood was actually a C-3PO headshot. <laughs> mm. 
This is what I do. I mean, it might this as well. Like, this is this is how you know me. This is how you know me. <laughs> Very versatile, with or without red arm. <laughs> oh, throwing a silver leg every once in a while too. Expecto Patronum. Well, I can't even remember what episode it was. It was way back in the Brian Kidd era. We did a an episode where we discussed Ecto Cooler. In fact, even gave you a recipe for making it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually did make it and felt that it came pretty darn close. <laughs> yeah, I made it. I made it too. It was pretty tasty. But it may be coming back. In fact, it is coming back to coincide with the Ghostbusters movie. It's not ecto cooler if they don't put Slimer on it. Yeah, we need some Slimer. Or but, female Slimer, or whatever. I was going to say, is there verification that Slimer's in the reboot? Yes, is he? Have, I think I thought so. I thought he. I thought we saw him in the uh, trailer, didn't we? I don't remember, man. But it, it needs to be like cartoon Slimer, not photorealistic, but like the real Ghostbusters cartoon Slimer. <laughs> I was thinking I'd have to go back and force myself to watch that trailer again, but I could have sworn I actually saw Slimer at one point. Was he eating a big pan of hot dogs? Because if no, he, was, he was, that's not. a different trailer. Okay, he was not. He was not. Maybe I'm just thinking of the slime in general. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I've never, ever, ever had ecto cooler. Oh. What? I'm sure that uh, my family bought me some exo chiller back in the day, but I never had ecto cooler. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be able to try it for the first time and see what all the hype is. Is that the, is that the Doctor Thunder of, uh, of <laughs> yeah, our, yeah, I'm the sure. Robots of, uh, of, of <laughs> it's right juice. next to the GL Jack toys. <laughs> it's on the last aisle in the supermarket. Yeah, man. Uh, while uh, all my friends had cool juice boxes, I was still trying to poke my straw in those Capri Sun packages because they were ten cents a dozen cheaper. Uh, trick with those you just turn them over going through the bottom (laughs) they kind of look like little iv bags now that i'm an adult i kind of like to have them but (laughs) yeah back then they were more work than they were worth i would kind of nibble a corner off and just sort of slurp it out that way sometimes you always ran the risk of like going straight through yeah ruining your whole drink yeah and there's only like four ounces in one of those pouches so you need it all on like a 110 degree summer day (laughs) i for me, as a parent, I just can't seem to stab one of those types of things without them just exploding everywhere. <laughs> like, cause you're, cause you're trying to hold it in place as you drive the straw in and you put just enough pressure that once the straw hits in, out it goes every time. Yeah. The, whoever it was that made the technological leap from the Capri Sun pouch to the juice box really deserved a Nobel Prize because that, <laughs> that man or woman really saved parents a lot of hassle. Mm. You can even pull the juice box sides out and make like little ears for your kids to hold it with so they don't do the squeeze maneuver where all the juice squirts out of the straw when they squeeze it. Ah, I'd never tried that. Oh, we've tried it all here. This summer, coming to a supermarket near you, there's going to be a great new high sea flavor with an outrageous food taste. And what are we going to call it? Ecto Cooler. I see Ecto Cooler. Slimer's new food drink. You've been warned. Well, I'm really glad that we have Bruce on the show because I'm going to need a primer. Uh, because we got news this week that Nathan Fillion is joining the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, movie, uh, a sequel, as Wonder Man. 
And I said, who the hell is Wonder Man? This is not a character I am that familiar with. Well, obviously, oh, wh- Nathan Fillion's the perfect choice. Obviously, yeah. well, obviously, and uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he was like under heavy makeup in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy One at some point too. I thought I read that somewhere, but the real question is: Is he really going to be Simon Williams, uh, the person who uh, would later become Wonder Man in the comics, or is he just going to sort of be a cameo? Or they say, "Wow, that man's a real wonder." You know what I mean? I, I don't know if he's um, going to be an actual contributing character or not. Right? Or uh, he's going to have Easter egg kind of thing. Yeah, because he, and it's, you know, not out of the ordinary in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to change things up a lot, but Wonder, Wonder Man, Simon Williams, he's a former Avenger. Uh, he's tied really closely to Tony Stark. Uh, you know, a, a lot of characters in Marvel like Hawkeye, uh, Black Widow and Wonder Man all sort of started as Iron Man villains and then later kind of uh, saw the error of their ways and became allies of uh, Iron Man. And Simon Williams is one of those. He was the son of a wealthy industrialist, just like Tony Stark, and they were sort of rivals. Uh, Tony Stark did the whole Iron Man thing. Simon Williams got a little upset at Iron Man about the death of his father and went and sort of allied himself with Baron Zemo and I think the Enchantress and somehow became this ion-powered superhero or super-powered person named Wonder Man. Uh, he had a brother named Eric Williams who became the Grim Reaper, who's a, a villain that's come into play. And really what Wonder Man's probably best known to, or best known for, at least to me, is he is the person who provided the brainwaves for Vision in the comics. So when Vision was created, Wonder Man was dead at the time. Hank Pym had his brainwaves stored on a magnetic tape, like an old reel-to-reel recorder. And uh, Ultron stole those brainwaves and used them to create Vision. So Vision hmm. was sort of, uh, in a way, a regenerated Wonder Man, and then... When Simon Williams came back to life later on, then there was this weird duality where they, like, how much are they the same? How much are they different? Do they consider each other brothers or enemies? It was always kind of interesting, but they've already introduced Vision. They used Jarvis in place of Simon Williams' brainwave. So Mm. that takes a lot of the fun for me out of having Wonder Man in the uh, cinematic universe. And, you know, when he first popped up back in the 60s, he's another uh, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby creation. Uh, DC sued them. They, they said Wonder Man was too much like uh, Wonder Woman. And uh, mm. later, Stan Lee uh, was a little upset because uh, uh, DC introduced uh, Power Girl after they had already introduced Luke Cage, Power Man. And he's like, come on, you bunch of hypocrites. What are you doing here? But but Wonder Man, you know, famous in, in my mind, the two things he's most famous for providing the brainwaves for uh, Vision, and he also had a really Michael Jackson-looking jacket that he wore for a while. So a couple good things for uh, uh, Wonder that's Man. A couple, that's a good thing? That's yeah. A good thing. Okay. All right. All right. Ryan, do you have anything more to add on Wonder Man? I, I know nothing about Wonder Man except that I've always felt like Nathan Fillion should play him in a movie. <laughs> of course, I feel like so, in, in the biopic about me, I feel like I should be played by Nathan Fillion as well. I think well, you uh, wanted him to be Luke Cage too at first. Sure, why not? Nathan Fillion should be a, Nathan Fillion for president. I mean, honestly, what are our options at this point? But uh, but but Ryan, yeah. can you now take solace? Yeah. That now that we have a role that he is being that he is taking on, we can stop talking about him for every other role. Well, I mean, since since when has like anything deterred us nerds from talking about? <laughs> I, I mean, how how wonderful Nathan Fillion yeah, wonderful is, you raise or, or anything for that. I mean, nerds are still saying like, "Oh, Firefly needs to come back." Like, it's not going to. Like, it's just, 
Obama. But no, <laughs> yeah, but a little needs time to, has passed. You know, join a support group, guy. I was at a convention where Alan Tudyk was at, and somebody uh, asked him if there was any possibility of a Firefly prequel so they could bring Wash back, and he just kind of looked directly in the person's eyes and said, come on, do you really think I need to be playing myself any younger? Because, <laughs> uh, you know, it had been, what, how many years since Firefly's been gone? Yeah. At least ten? Yeah. Yeah. Let it live on in the comic books where it's it's fun. You know, and it's doing great. Job. Yeah, it's doing great there. Um, but, yeah, we're not going to see that on the screen. What about an animated series? No, that now now it's just getting sad. only only if they can get the original cast of Harry Potter to do the voices. Oh, they... <laughs> now that I don't feel like we have a problem. Here's <laughs> the guy here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? Opening up the mailbag to find the ways you're interacting with us, and uh, Steve Gillette uh, had noticed the Ecto Cooler story, letting us know that it has made a limited run. So we just talked about that earlier, Steve, but thank you for making certain that we knew about that. Always appreciate folks finding uh, finding stuff for us to talk about. Um, I don't know if he's looking forward to some Ecto Cooler, but who wouldn't? Because it is a darn tasty drink. I'm looking forward to, to grabbing some and having some around the house to see how, how the kids respond to it. Maybe not Jonah. I don't think he needs that much sugar. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let her have a little. Turn bit. into his own little Slimer there. There you go. <laughs> um, with that, it's time to go back to present day. We hope that we have a permanent story in your childhood. If you'd like to suggest something for us to look back on, you can email us at IRememberItBetter at gmail.com. You can follow the show at IRI Better. Follow me at Revan Geek. Ryan are all good 98. And where can we find you, Bruce? Oh, BruceLeslie.com, believe it or not. It's got like links to everything. So you can see uh, Chubby Wizard, Hero Movie Podcast, and Heroes and Villains Podcast all right there. Uh, what have you got coming up on uh, the various shows? Well, uh, I think the most interesting thing that people might want to check out, we're doing a uh, review of the failed television pilot for Fox, Generation X, that should be up uh, Monday. Ooh. Okay. Oh, was that the? Uh, I didn't realize that it had already come and failed. Was that going to be the, the like? This is like nineteen ninety five, ninety six. Oh, I remember that movie. I was so yeah. Psyched Max for that. Headroom played the villain. Oh, I will want to have to check that out. Yeah, yeah it's that, on YouTube. Um, check it out at your own risk, man. Okay. All right. Well, if you missed any of that, you can find all the info on this program by going to www.iribetter.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash iribetter. Our voiceover is provided by Amy Breedlove. You can follow her on Twitter at VoiceWork and through her website, www.amiebreedlove.com. We're part of the Signals Media All-Star Network podcast family at signalsmedia.com. Please rate us on iTunes and more importantly, tell your friends all about us. Bruce, I want to thank you for coming by and hanging out with us tonight. Oh, I always have a great time. And we have a good time with you. Join us soon for episode 131. We'll see you in the future. In the past. Am I sounding really hot on your all's end? You sound fine uh, to me. I've met you. Check, so check, I, I check, know check, check. <laughs> there we go. That's better. Hold on. Back that off. Check one. This is I Remembered It Better. This is I Remembered It Better. That's a lot. Sure, it takes a look back. I saw that I looked back at 1952. <laughs> I don't want to set the world, the world on fire. <laughs> this is kind of a quick side note. Um, I was listening to this old thing from the Nerdist where they had um, uh, stand-up uh, people coming on doing stand-up at a, at a club, and they were playing it. Like comedians? And this, yeah, comedians. Those stand-up comedians. people? 
Yeah, stand-up people. Or just anyway, not but paralyzed. It wasn't an interview. <laughs> it was actual recordings of, of people doing stand-up. Right. Um, but this one guy was like, he talked about being into Axis and Allies again. And he kind of had to explain what Axis and Allies to some degree. But he's like, I like to imagine Franklin Roosevelt giving giving speeches to the people based on what I did in the game. (laughs) (laughs) Today in 1940, a year before it should have been possible, Japan, with one tank and one transport, conquered Hawaii. (laughs) I apologize, America could not repel them, for we had fully invested in tanks. (laughs) And could not get them over there. Oh, man, that's a game (laughs) I haven't played in a And I'm like... As a as a gamer nerd, I was like I was like I can imagine that happening yeah. <laughs> completely. <laughs> one transport, one tank, and take over Pearl Harbor. <laughs> oh gosh, that's a fun. All right, that's a game that's got oh. some setup though. Oh yeah, and you keep it. I mean, and that that's exactly the type of game that I'm wanting to build my gaming table that has the recessed top that you can leave the game underneath well, and put the top back I've, on. I've shown you pictures of Greg and Audrey's table. Like that's exactly like they had that thing custom made by like Geek Chic or whatever. That's exactly yeah, I'm, what that thing does. I'm going to build my own along the same lines. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but, I want that type of feature. I'm guessing it, so. we're talking Axes and Allies? Yes, Axes and Allies. <laughs> oh, man, those oh, games yeah. are like three days long anyway. Well, we used oh, to, we used to take on the, on the Prowl Beach trip I took it one year, and Matt Broman and I went head-to-head oh, with... Oh, uh, that's the guy that would just jump into that game. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and, and... Um, he he was teamed with Emily Reddington, and I had Billy McKenna, who had never played the game, and one <laughs> other person, and we were the allies, and they were the Axis. And he said to um, uh, Emily, because she, no, 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 I take it back. I was I was uh, I was Japan, and Billy was Germany. And he said to Emily, who was playing Russia, just push in on this front, and I'm going to come from the north in about two or three turns. And she pushed, and she rolled all fives and sixes. Oh. And Billy rolled all ones and twos and decimated the entire push in oh. one round. <laughs> and he just stared at the map, like with that kind of stare of someone who knows <laughs> the game is over on round one. Oh. Whatever happens after this is just running out the clock. And Billy looks at me like, was this good? And I'm saying, Oh yeah, this is good. <laughs> I, I just looked at him. I said, "I'll meet you in India." <laughs> we just collapsed upon Russia. Yeah, oh, there are, man. man, there are those moments, like those moments in like your personal gamer history, like moments in game history where the, yep. the I mean, the dice will just. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> absolutely, they will. I've been in that that scenario plenty of times where there's no reason I shouldn't be able to disarm this trap or take or win this fight. Um, and the dice will just be like, oh, yeah? One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then mic drop. If you've ever seen a D20 mic drop, that's what it looks like. There's, there, I, I, I'm, I know we're, we're rabbit-holing when we haven't even started the show, but there was a, a webcomic someone put up the other day. of, And it, you see the scene in the game, and you see the scene out of the game, and in the scene you see this, this human who's getting ready to go up against this orc, and he's all set, and the DM's like, so do you want to taunt at him? And he's like, yeah, I do, but I'm no good, so I'll just roll for it. So he rolls, and the whole everyone's everyone like everyone's like, oh my gosh! It's like it's a one, and so like it switches back to the scene, and, and the human's like, how dare you be so magnificent, you incredible, beautiful <laughs> bastard! <laughs> I like that. 
And then they're like, roll for the next action. And it's another one. And the next thing you see, the human and the orc are making out passionately. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) That actually happened recently, too. I called uh, one of my employees from the car as I was driving. I had my four-year-old in the car. And I was like, hey, uh, just saw this email. I want to know if you this, that, and the other thing. And he was just talking to me and, you know, just casually talking to me. But he he dropped a few, like... I don't know, I think he dropped a here or something like that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, say say hello to uh, to Mr. Evan. Sophia, say hi. And he's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on speakerphone, your kid's in the car, huh? I was like, yep. Yeah, that happened. He's like, oh, man. I'm like, it's my kid. She's heard this. So. <laughs> I got in trouble the other day for calling my kid a cold-ass honky. <laughs> <laughs> It was just, I wasn't, it was early in the morning, I wasn't thinking, like, I came out of my room, dressed, and she was in the hallway with my wife, and she was like, hi daddy, I was like, what's up cold ass honky, and my wife just looked daggers at me, and I was like, (laughs) that happened, that's my bad, that's on daddy, that one's on me, so. I, I can't let one slip without my five-year-old uh, telling mom right away what I've said. Uh, but when I've, I've caught her actually quite often using colorful language around him, and I asked him, why don't you get on her? And he says, who am I going to tell? She's already mom. So he She's had a good point mom. there. Uh, <laughs> what's it's higher clear than the mom? hierarchy. What, what, what beats mom? <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors, mom. Plus, who doesn't like seeing Luke Skywalker orphaned twice in one movie? <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Punk get it coming. And he didn't get his power converters. Snap. Yeah, we never made it to Tashi. What what if the Tashi station went out of business? Like, <laughs> you know, with just a surplus of power converters because Luke never made it through the body. Or it's kind of or it's kind of like uh the was it vacation movie where he finally gets there but it's closed. <laughs> just John Candy at the door saying, Sorry, we're closed. Sorry, we're closed. Okay, this is one of those tiny... You know, Rupert Gintz kind of got that Alan Tudyk thing going for him. That Red hair, I guess that's about it. I mean, he's doing the voices, Uh, who cares? (laughs) You can hear the redness. You can look like Alice Cooper for all I care. Like, I mean, he's doing the voice. (laughs) You can hear the redness. He sounds ginger. (laughs) (laughs) It's the very distinct Mm. lack of a soul in their lines that you can tell. Yeah. That's, not, that's the sound of a child not loved by its mother. This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to SignalsMedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really?